We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that this podcast is being recorded on, the Wajak people of Perth region. We recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community and pay our respects to them and their cultures and to elders both past and present. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side and the truth. Come on girls, let's go shopping. That's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. What are you looking at? Don't look at a boy jumping there. You're mad, you bastard. Far am you. Far am you. Swear to Christ, Liz, you get a bag of all sorts in here, mate. Welcome to Wook Wook. G'day and welcome to The Last New Wave. My name's Andrew Pearce and this is the podcast that looks at the wide and varied landscape that is Australian cinema. On this episode, I'm joined by the writer and director of the great Australian film Teenage Kicks, Craig Borum. Uh, the film is getting a release, as you'll hear in the interview, in uh, in London fairly soon in October, which is great. It's already had uh, some releases around Australia and is currently available on Umbrella Entertainment to both stream and uh, purchase a DVD if you're interested. It's a great film, uh, certainly one of the better films of 2016 that I saw. Unfortunately, it didn't make my list in 2016 only because I didn't see it in time for me to make my list. A bit frustrating that, but, um, you know, revisionist uh looking back i certainly wish i i did add it into my list because it's it's got some great performances uh in this particular film i think it's fascinating and fantastic specifically miles santo who does a superb job of really driving the uh the story in this film let's have a quick listen to some of the trailer and we'll be back with the interview something that you need to know Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit. You look like him. Holy Mary, Mother This was supposed to be my new family. I don't know where I fit now. No one's ever going to be him. Tommy! You wish I was dead and it was Tommy that was him. Push it to every single day. This is me. Hey, Rick. I'm sorry about your brother. I know. You've been having a difficult time. When you're young, it makes sense to want to rebel when things don't go your way. Try to be as your brother, but you can never be the man he was. I want you to come and stay with me. Thanks for um, for taking your time to talk about your film because uh, no, no it's a it's the second time that I've watched it and um, I really enjoy it. I think it's a great film. Uh, it's oh, really thank impressive. Because um, I watched it last year in the lead up to uh, the Actor Awards last year. And, oh yeah. Um, I was a bit disappointed they didn't get more representation at the the awards and stuff like that. Which um, you know, it's great to see the score get nominated, but you know. Actor, yeah, writing, directing. Yeah, I, oh, I know. I really wanted the actors to get to get a nomination because they did such a good job, and and it didn't happen. But you know, it was pretty. Like we were pretty surprised to get nominated at all, actually, at the, to get in the running. So that was pretty great, considering it's such a small. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, but it's a good film, though. And, you know, I think that's the thing is that I get a little bit frustrated sometimes when uh, the actor awards come along and I'm like, you really? You nominate that? Oh, okay. Sure. All right. Yeah, yeah. But what can you do? You know, you've got to keep on making these films and stuff like that. And that's right. I think I think it's you know I think it comes down to it's it's tricky for them too because people aren't interested in awards unless there's celebrities you know what I mean like so they they kind of need to have those big names in there to have people actually pay attention to them but you know you're right it would be great if they actually were able to include some more in the mix this year could be interesting <laughs> well definitely I mean to... yeah like I've I've talked a lot to uh, to different people about how Australian Hacksaw Ridge really is and it's kind of like yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but nonetheless you know we can you can go on about it, about that forever and all that kind of stuff um, yeah. I, I guess I should introduce uh, you to uh, everybody as well of course this is an audio podcast and stuff like that so um uh, welcome to Craig Borum, who is the director and writer of a great Australian film called Teenage Kicks, uh, which is out on DVD via Umbrella Entertainment. I highly recommend picking it up. Um, and I understand that your film is hitting London uh, soon, or it has hit London uh, in the near future. Is that correct? Actually, we're yeah, we're launching in the UK um, in October. So we're actually we're actually premiering at the Iris Prize, which is in Cardiff in Wales, which is a um, it's, it's a pretty fantastic queer film festival. It's been going for quite a number of years now, it's, and it's sort of become one of the one of the highlights of the queer film festival circuit around the world. It's kind of it's kind of it's known as the Gay Oscars. Oh, great! Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So it's, we're pretty excited to be um, screening there. Well, so we're kicking off there, and then and then it'll be released after that. Well, hopefully uh, the, the audience is receptive to it there. Uh, and certainly uh, at the Gay Oscars, uh, it certainly sounds like it all it should do well, hopefully. Um, I hope so. <laughs> is that the first kind of international appearance for Teenage Hicks or is it... Um... No, it's, um, it's, oh, it's sold in a heap of territories around the world. We just, we just got back from screening in LA at Outfest. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Last month was it? Last month, I think. Yeah. yeah, and that that went down really well. It was a great, great screening, great audience, really good festival. Yeah. So, how was that as well? Because I'm I'm really curious about Artfest as a festival. Um, I one of the uh, film critics who I listen to quite a bit of Alonso Doralde is great, great film critic, and uh, he is one of the mindsets behind Artfest. And I've always been fascinated by uh, how he selects uh, stuff like that. So. I guess in that regard, how was it for you to be selected for Outfest then? Um, and how did was, you, how'd you get contacted as well? Well, it was interesting because we um, we had our film had already been released in the US um, through TLA earlier in the year, so it was kind of it was kind of out of the running for a lot of the a lot of the American festivals because it was already available on DVD. But they really um, they really liked the film and they wanted to they wanted to screen it so. Um, they put it on as a special event screening, so it was kind of, it was kind of a, um, yeah, it was it was a very nice nice thing for us in the film, and it, and it was a it's a really interesting festival because it it's a queer festival, but it's in it's it's right in the heart of LA, so it's sort of in, in the um, in the thick of Hollywood that scene, so so a lot of really interesting people go along, and it's and it's very kind of industry heavy, which is which is great. They have a, I have an awful lot of fantastic um sidebar events and, and industry events and some amazing speakers as you'd imagine because they're all they're all in town <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's a, it certainly sounds like a really good uh kind of festival and 
And I know that in Australia, well, in Perth at least, uh, I think this coming weekend or maybe next weekend, we've got a uh, gay film festival being screened at a local cinema here, which is great to see. And I think it's the second year that it was running, um, sold out last year, which was fantastic to see. Um, but in that regard, I'm I'm kind of curious because your films and, and your short films and stuff like that, are they're all in the, the queer cinema genre. Um, how have you found the, the festivals in Australia? How have they worked for you and the distribution, at least uh, in Australia? How has that worked for you as a as somebody who works in this this particular realm? Um, well, yeah, it's a real it's a real double edged sword. I think I think the the queer festival circuit in Australia is really um, fantastic and supportive. Like I've had so much support from Mardi Gras Film Festival and, and Melbourne Queer Film Festival over the years. And like this, our, our film wouldn't have been possible without their support. Really, they 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 gave us a grant for, for some post-production and they also helped us out when we were raising money um through through crowdfunding just by helping us spread the word that sort of thing but i i guess in the larger scheme of things it's pretty difficult to make queer content in australia because i think a lot of a lot of the traditional distributors and and um broadcasters are a bit scared of it like and, and still see it as, as fairly niche and um and um, um so so keen to take a leap <laughs> so that that makes it difficult yeah which i can understand i mean well no actually i can't understand that at all because you know one of the films which i'm going to be covering soon on this show is the sum of us which you know people consider as an aussie classic and all that kind of stuff and it's a good film don't get me wrong but um i think there's probably a little bit more accessibility in some regard because that film is about two Aussie blokes, Russell Crowe and uh, Jack Thompson, and there's kind of that familiarity. Whereas uh, your film, and, and I know that your film has been compared to uh, Anna Kokonis's, uh Head On, which is a great film as well, um, they deal with not just the Australian uh, queer experience, but they also deal with the, um, you know, kind of the an, uh, an ethnic kind of experience in some regard, because they're, they're not... Uh, traditional Australians, as as per se, uh, that audiences would be familiar with. So, in that regard, how did you kind of deal with the the telling of the of a Greek story in in that regard, uh, and and come up with the idea and and say this is the story that I want to tell? Yeah, well, I I mean, I grew up in in West End in Brisbane, which is a really a densely migrant area. My my own family um, had kind of Eastern European background and 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 scottish irish so, so, so i'm a bit of a mongrel <laughs> but, but um yeah i don't know I, I guess my experience growing up there and my experience of being in australia living in australia like i i, I don't i don't see that on screen um truthfully like I, I don't i don't think that you know we live in a country that's like super white and super super anglo i think yeah. i think we we have, we we see diversity everywhere and so it's kind of strange that we don't see more of that, more of that representation on on the screens. So yeah, so I don't know. It, it just the story just kind of came out that way that naturally, and and then you know we did we did actually you know when we were looking for finances and stuff, people it was an issue for people. People were saying you know, oh, why are you doing that? And 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 then it, then it made me quite obstinate about it. I was like, well, no, I'm not I'm not changing that. That's that's kind of quite integral to the story and and the characters, and and that would have a serious roll on effect to to look at any of that stuff stuff. You know, parts of the story wouldn't become relevant. So yeah, I don't know. I was quite, I was quite committed to that, really. Which is understandable because yeah, I mean, that that whole aspect of 
of uh, Mick's story is essentially it, it plays such a huge role in in what he has to go through. And, you know, what I love is that this is not a story about somebody who um, is kind of, you know, struggling with his sexuality or anything like that. He seems very comfortable with who he is as a person. And, and unfortunately, that sexuality is tied to a traumatic event, um, which I think is a really fascinating way of exploring that. Um, was that always kind of the plan of, of going down that path of tying uh, who he is as a person into, you know, a, a traumatic uh, death that occurs? It wasn't initially. Initially, I wrote, I wrote it, the, the death didn't happen in the, in the, the first time I wrote the script. Um, and, and there was probably more of a struggle with his, or it wasn't so much a struggle. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. The, the death sort of, it came to me as a, as a way in for people who had never experienced what it was like to be a teenager and, and to have that kind of emotional turmoil about your sexuality happening. And I thought, people could relate to um, grief and guilt in over, over maybe a, an accident that, that you perceive as your own fault. Mm. So that sort of became um, yeah, kind of like a metaphor, I guess, for, for, um, for that sort of guilt that, that a, lot of, a lot of young queer people feel when, they, when they're realising who they are mm. and, and how, how that could be, you know, just, yeah, a little bit more accessible to people who hadn't, hadn't been through in that themselves sure does that make sense yeah you know it does it does and i guess in some regard do you like i i love watching queer cinema and and getting a, an understanding of these kinds of stories is is fascinating because you know we, we rarely see it in uh let alone in australian cinema but i think uh in mainstream cinema at least it's it's kind of a, a rarity in some regards so you know, you've you've been uh, dealing with uh, sort of you know telling queer stories for for quite a while in short film and feature films uh, for quite a bit. Do you feel a, a bit of a responsibility in some regards to tell these stories, uh, to bring them to audiences? Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think that's what that's what really motivated me to get into filmmaking in the first place was was um, was the lack of of our stories on screen. So it, it, it's definitely. Uh, in the in the forefront of, of my thinking when I'm when I'm writing, and it's kind of it's kind of what I'm drawn to when I start writing. But the, the new projects that I'm working on now still have those elements, you know, because it, because I'm kind of interested in them. And I guess it's it's it, it's easier for me as a writer to connect to those stories because it's my experience, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, it's not the only thing I want to do, and like the, the stuff I'm exploring now is probably you know slightly slightly in, in different genre. But but it still has those elements, and I'm still I'm still committed to you know having those characters and having those stories included in in, in larger stories. Yeah, yeah. Do you see um, like with films like Moonlight winning Best Picture at the Oscars? Do you see that as being a huge step forward for for queer cinema, regardless of whether it's American or or Australian cinema, just sort of queer cinema around the world? That you know the the biggest prize in cinema can be won you know, by a film that's telling a story that usually doesn't win those kinds of prizes. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's exciting. It's super exciting. I, I, th- I think I was, I was excited when that happened. I thought, I thought they were very clever. The people who, um, who marketed Moonlight, because they, they didn't really sell it as a queer film. They just, they sold it as a, you know, a coming of age kind of story, you know, it's set in a world that we don't often see. And, and I think a lot of people went along not even realizing it was a queer film and being surprised by it. And I think, I think the really exciting thing about it was that mainstream audiences c- 
could watch that story and still connect to it and it didn't alienate them and and i think that surprised everybody you know because yeah. there is that there is that kind of assumption that you know that the mainstream audiences are you know i'm not are not mature enough to watch that sort of stuff or not they won't enjoy that sort of stuff because it's not their reality which is which is rubbish like you know people people we all, all movies are beyond our experience <laughs> we're quite used to watching things that we don't live well, but, exactly. Um, I mean, I mean that's part of cinema. Is the whole point is that you uh, get to experience stories that you don't, you know, that that are outside of your your day to day life. And and I think that's this, you know, this powerful thing, a powerful thing about cinema is that we connect to to people who, you know, we don't usually see or we may not uh, be familiar with their stories. So you know, films like your own and and Moonlight are really important in being able to you know tell these kinds of stories because unfortunately um you know we're both based in australia and there's currently uh, a really ridiculous thing that's going on at the moment which is about marriage equality and stuff like that and we have to uh, let our voices be known via the post uh, which is really quite ridiculous but uh, you know yeah. i think that um that cinema is able to help break down barriers in some regards um yeah yeah, yeah. and it's and it's good but you know and i and i I've been loving actually getting. I've been getting you know quite a bit of mail from from young queer kids who, who've seen the movie and and have really appreciated seeing their their story on screen. You know, and and that that's kind of that's that's very motivating to me as a filmmaker. That, that's the sort of reason reason we make movies. I guess it's for people to enjoy them or have them speak to them. Yeah, I, I think that's fantastic as well. And I'm glad to hear that people are reaching out to you to you know say thank you for telling these kinds of stories because. Uh, you know, I I can't really think of, of many um, sort of uh, you know non-documentary films in the past few years that that have really talked about this. And you know, c- certainly there's Holding the Man, but that's based on a true story, so it's kind of a bit a little bit different and an established yeah. text. Uh, whereas Teenage Kicks, you know, is a you know completely new original story, which is fantastic. It's it's what I want from cinema, at least. Um, in that regard as well, one of the things I find really interesting, you, you know, feel free to correct me here as well, is that this is, you know, Mick is bisexual. Is that correct? Uh, he's like, I don't know that Mick knows what he is yet. <laughs> you know, I, think, <laughs> I think that's where we went with him. We, we, I talked to Miles, the actor um, who played who played him um, quite a bit, and we, we had a lot of conversations about where Mick was at. And, and we kind of just came to this place that, you know, he was he was figuring it out. He hadn't he hadn't really given himself a label. He hadn't hadn't worked worked out his identity as such yet. So he he wasn't quite sure. sure. Maybe, maybe maybe he was bisexual. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was just doing doing things that were expected of him. Or you know, it's yeah. it's hard it's hard to say. Yeah. Okay. I, I, when I was writing it, I thought he was a little bit you know fluid in that way. But but um, it's interesting when you start working with an actor and and making decisions it, everything evolves quite yeah. a bit well the the reason why i asked that is that you know usually in in cinema it's one or the other you know yeah they're, they're gay or they're lesbian and that's it and, yeah and gender fluidity is or, or sexuality is kind of um not really explored and i think it's really fantastic that you 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 know go into that in in quite depth here which is great to see because it it helps break down those barriers of again coming back to what i was saying about the power of cinema is that you know people understand that uh, you know that that gay people are out there lesbians are out there but i think their concept of bisexuality is still a bit foreign to some people in some regards so displaying that on film is is fantastic yeah 
that that's true and i've, and I've, and I've had some some lovely feedback from from the by, from bisexual community as well like it's uh, saying that as well because they, they don't get to see themselves on screen very much and i was and i you know the, the q in the lb lgbtqi often stands for queer often stands for questioning and i was quite interested in that in that letter of the acronym um and and representing that story more so than say making a, a coming out film about a gay boy like it was it was it was much more interesting to to look at that that period of questioning and and unknowing and 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 you know searching for identity rather than a traditional coming out story yeah yeah which is understandable and it's it's great that you you did that um so in that regard as well how did you like you've worked with miles before as an actor but how yeah. much of a collaborative process was it with him uh in exploring the character of mick and and going through his his intricacies uh, a, a lot actually like miles and I met for the first time when we were making the short film Drowning, which was like a precursor to Teenage Kicks. It was it was actually like a part of the same story, the same character. Um, and so that was quite a few years beforehand. And we made a couple of other short projects together. We did some writing together, and 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 Miles knew this film was in the in the pipeline the whole time. So we were talking about it a lot and, and kicking around ideas with it. So, um, so yeah, so I, and I think that the, the final shooting draft of the script that I wrote, um, kind of knowing that, that I wanted him to, to jump into the role again. So I kind of wrote, I wrote it for him, you know, in, in a lot of ways. I and mean, I wrote it with him in mind. So, so yeah, so he was very present through that, yeah. through that process. I, I think he gives a really stunning performance here and, you know, it's, it's got to be a difficult one as well. And, and I hate using that term. Oh, it's got to be difficult because of the, you know, complexities that he goes through, but it, mm. it really does because it's a full body performance. You know, he, yeah, he really delivers himself. And, and the way that you open the film as well is really saying to audience people, you know, all right, this is the story that we're going to tell, you know, yeah. it, it kind of opens in a confronting way. And, and, you know, I, when I first put it on, I was a bit like, all right, I, you know, I was, I don't think I was in the right mental space to watch it. And then I said, no, I'll come back uh, on the weekend and I can get <laughs> time to watch it. And, you know, I've watched it a couple of times, as I've said, and I think it, it, it becomes even more powerful, uh, you know, as, as you know what's going on with the story. And, of course, for people who haven't seen it, I won't spoil. But, you know, I think that the opening of it is really powerful in that regard. So, you know, what what kind of uh, process did you go through for, for both Miles and the rest of the, uh, the, the actors as well? In particular, um you know, mixed parents uh, in the story. How did you go about dealing with those difficult things with them? Uh, the difficult themes, I guess. Uh, well, I mean, I was I was pretty blessed with a with a cast that I that I wanted, and and, and a cast that I I'd, I'd worked with most of the cast before, so I I kind of I knew I knew them, and I'd worked with them, so we, we had a bit of a relationship already. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles was, I mean, yeah, you're right. He he did an amazing job. He's, it's an amazing performance because he's a he's a young actor and he had a lot riding on his shoulders. He carries the whole movie. He's I think he's in every scene, and it is it is quite a um, emotionally taxing role. So it, it was emotionally taxing on him, yeah, and, and just physically as well because I know he he dropped a lot of weight for the role because he wanted to be a kind of awkward, gangly teenager in a body that felt felt a bit out of sorts. So he was, he was really skinny, really hungry and really cold while we, while we shot the film. So it was taxing. Yeah. But, um, but 
Yeah, and we didn't have a lot of pre-production. We didn't have a lot of rehearsal, so it was kind of a blessing that um, that he had been around a lot during the um, the development pro- process. So he was he was very attached to the character and knew it knew it pretty solidly. We did do because um, both Dan, who played Dan Daniel Weber, who played Dan in the in the film, um, and Miles were in different countries. Miles was was living in LA, and Dan was here, and then in America working on something else so we did a lot of stuff on skype and i got them to do a lot of writing actually i I made them write in a diary in their character every day they had to do a little diary entry um about what they were going through that day and when we finally got together in the same country in the rehearsal room i i swapped their diaries and gave them to each other to read it was like this little they'd snuck into each other's bedroom and found a diary and they got to read everything they were thinking about which was which was which was a really nice way to kick off the rehearsal really yeah, and the the other actors, oh, it was yeah. We just did we did a bit of rehearsal, but it was mostly it was mostly talking about who these people were and what they what they were going through. Really, there was there's a lot of backstory for the characters. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of grief involved. So we, we talked about that stuff. We found, you know, our own personal connections to grief and loss and mm. and 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 how to how to bring that up truthfully. Well, I, that's what I love about it as well, is that you, you explore all of those kinds of things, but it's not ever spelled out for the audience in kind of like, this is what we're doing, manner. It's, it's very <laughs> much like, you know, there's there's a lot of lines of dialogue which suggest a whole history that is there um, that never actually is a kind of like in your face or anything like that. It's just simply saying, you know, like there's a, there's a line, for example, about... Um, his sister-in-law who's who's now got the kid and kind of like the relationship that uh, she has with uh, mixed parents in the in regards to you know you'll be fine because you're creating a hair an heir for this family and kind of stuff like that and that that whole line itself tells volumes about the relationship that mick has with his family and yeah and that really um really really powerful yeah that's that was that was nice (laughs) (laughs) So in, in the regard, like one of the questions which I asked uh, recently, um, I did an interview with uh, two female filmmakers uh, behind the film Zealous, and uh, I'd asked them about working with a, a female crew. And mm-hmm. one of the things which I was a bit bothered by was like, well, I wouldn't really ask that about um, male filmmakers at all. So I guess in some regard... Um, you know, was it for you as a filmmaker? Was it kind of a you know decision to have a, you know queer cast or queer crew, or you know kind of crossing all kinds of um, male and female spectrums as well? Um, how did you go about kind of creating the 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 crew behind this film? Is what I'm trying to get at. I, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think well, our, our crew was was pretty evenly split between in 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 terms of gender, and there, and there were quite a few. Um, queer people on board. I mean, mainly because they're the people that I that I have always worked with, and and, and they're the people that you know whose work I I appreciate and and, and like. So it wasn't it wasn't so much a uh, you know I'm I'm going to set out to have a fifty fifty gender split. It just actually happened like quite quite naturally, which I think is a, which is a better way to go. To be honest, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like you know we have, Bonnie Elliott was our cinematographer, director of photography, and and um. And she's an amazing cinematographer that I've worked with since we started together at film school. And and 
I love I love working with Bonnie. She's she's a she's a genius, and and it's and she has a really fantastic energy on on set as well. And I do, I do think that it does affect the energy of the set to have to have a more um, evenly gendered crew. I think I think some some crews can be really boisey, and it, and it changes it changes the dynamic. And with a film like Teenage Kicks, I don't think that that would have been a good thing on set. I think it's a very um, it was a very intimate film in lots of ways. There was some really emotionally heavy stuff, so we really needed a, a very respectful crew, and and they were like everyone was was on board with it, and everyone was very everyone was very careful to look after the actors and make sure everyone was feeling okay, which was which was important yeah, to me yeah. and, and to them. Well, because you know you, you kind of have to wrap them in cotton wool a little bit when you're doing stuff like that because, <laughs> it's, because it's kind of it's it's taxing like we, like we we're talking about. Well, there's some really um you know the the sex scenes in this film are certainly you know they they're not ones that we usually see on in on screen especially Australian cinema at least. Um, so I can imagine that that those alone would have been uh, quite difficult for the the crew and also the cast members as well. Um, I do want to talk about Bonnie's uh, cinematography in a moment, but one of the other questions which I have too in regards to the crew, and more in particular with, with you as a writer and director, is that, you know, how important is it for you to tell queer stories? And, and I guess in, in that regard as well, um, how do you feel about, uh, you know, people who tell try and tell queer stories, but they're not part of the LGBTQI community? Um, so say, for example, they may be a straight film director with straight cr- uh, cast and crew or, um, you know, uh, harking back to Holding the Man for a moment, you know, Ryan Core, great in that role, but he's a straight actor. So yeah. how, does, how does that make you feel as a director and a writer and somebody who's part of that community? I mean, it's a tricky one. I think, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't want to say to people that they can't tell those stories unless they're unless they're part of the community because I mean I guess I guess when we're writing fiction or writing anything we're writing beyond our experience in some way but I I would I would hope that there's a lot of research being done (laughs) if they're they're not part of the community um and you know actors I think I don't think it's I don't think personally that it's super important that that people people are you know if they're playing a gay role I don't think that they need to be gay because I mean actors that's what actors do actors act and they and they you know, we don't we don't go and find a murderer to play a murderer in a you know, <laughs> in a film. So I don't don't know that they need to be. But I but I you know, and I and I think um you know the cast in in my film they like if they were dealing with something that they hadn't experienced personally, then they always find some way to bring it back to their own personal experience anyway. Like something where they can relate to it. Like and and mixed journey is very universal. He's a young young person who is just wanting to be loved. You know, what I mean? and that's that's quite that's quite a universal truth no matter no matter what your sexuality is or, or, or who you are mm. you know really so there's there's a way to attach to that for them well, I but yeah agree. yeah it's a it's a tricky one i mean you know i know i know it's a conversation that people have and and i know and i know that people often often get, get angry when, when it's a gay role and it's not played by a gay actor but then you know conversely does that mean that only gay, gay actors can only play gay roles and they can't play straight, straight roles? So, you know, it's a, it's a, and I'd hate to see that, you know? Yeah. And I think probably the key is that as long as we have, continue having this kind of conversation and, and, you know, exploring what 
you know, ensuring that these stories are told is the main thing. Um, yeah. Because the moment that you stop telling them, uh, then it gets really, uh, really depressing and really sad. Um, yeah. I think it gets harder when, when, when you're talking about trans roles or, or, um, or that, or that's, that sort of position where, you know, there, there aren't a lot of roles for, for trans actors and, and when, you know, when straight, straight cis people play trans characters, that, that really cuts off a role for someone who potentially won't won't have a lot of other opportunities. You know, that that's kind of that's probably yeah, yeah, which is understandable because it's you know there are trans actors out there that they do yeah, exist. Yeah, there are. <laughs> yeah, you know, they totally are. Yeah. <laughs> um. So in that regard, and again, I'll I'll, I'll touch on Bonnie's uh, cinematography in a moment. But in that regard, uh, you know, how do you see uh, queer Australian cinema moving forward? And what do you think that, what would you love to see happen uh, for queer cinema in Australia uh, to reach a broader audience? I think, I think it's actually in a really good place at the moment. There's, there's been a real, um, a new wave of, of um, queer, queer stuff being made in Australia. There's um, Grant Chicluna made Downriver and uh, Louise Wadley's All About E and Dean Francis did Drown recently. So there was a, there was a whole bunch of like, indie or, or low budget features that are coming out that were telling queer stories by queer filmmakers and that that's we were sort of riding that wave as well so it was it was nice nice to see and it's and it's good to see that the um the screen organizations are you know, that they seem to be having a bit more of a commitment to diversity on screen so hopefully hopefully we're headed in a good direction at the moment yeah well fingers crossed because um, you know, I, I love Down River. I thought it was fantastic, and I was a huge fan of Drown as well. And unfortunately, I didn't get much of a uh, an, a release at all. But I did get to mm. see it in cinema, and um, you know, I, I thought it was a really stunning film to to see on the big screen. And same with Down River as well. They both look look absolutely brilliant. Yeah, they really they really should be seen on a big screen. Which is sad. It's sad that they didn't get a um, a, a bigger release. But that's you know that's the kind of the struggle with with indie cinema in, in Australia, it's it is quite difficult and competitive. But yeah, but, yeah. and unfortunately, but, you know, um, it's, it's kind of a small community of queer filmmakers. We all we all know each other really well. And, you know, I know I know there's guys I love them love them dearly. And we're all very supportive of each other. So it's 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 nice. There is there is a nice energy in the in the queer filmmaking community in Australia, which is good. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, the key is you've got to support each other, uh, regardless of whether it's queer cinema or not. And you know, I think that's the thing is it's it's difficult uh, all over for for independent Australian cinema to get that audience and stuff like that. So, um, you know, doing as much as you can to push it, push them as as much as possible is is a huge thing. Um, yeah. So let's jump onto Bonnie's cinematography because I think it's one of the you know besides the directing, scripting, and and the the cast and the uh, you know the, the all delivers fantastic uh, work. I think that Bonnie's cinematography really works as well. And what I found as a, a viewer is I found that it worked as a, an extension of mixed photography. Um, yeah. Was that kind of like one of the key things that you had a discussion with Bonnie about when you went into filming this film? Yeah, we did. We talked about it a lot. Actually, mixed mix photography was probably a little bit more of a a thing in the in the script. It probably probably didn't didn't get on screen as much as it it could have um, just due to running time constraints and things like that. It was, it was definitely a bit, a bit more of a, a subplot. And we had um, we had talked about it a lot. So when we were thinking about the look of the film, we were looking at a lot of um, a lot of street photography and and in particular um, the work of Samuel Hodge. 
who's um as who's another friend of ours who's a photographer here in Sydney who actually he made a companion book for the film he came on set and 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 photographed while we were shooting so so we wanted to have a look that was really organic and really summery and and um and it kind of explored those those teenage shortcuts and and um <laughs> places in the city that that you know the teenagers hang out when when they want to be out of the sight of their parents so so it was so so it look it looks different. We see Sydney looking different to what we normally see Sydney on on screen, and and that was kind of intentional. We did a lot of tracking around the city looking for places that that um had a had a had a real cinematic quality about them. Yeah, because because you know because we're a very low budget film, so we didn't have a lot of resources. So we, what what we did have was a camera and and the world. So we wanted to find places that that really spoke, you know, visually. Yeah, I, th- I thought it looked beautiful, and you know, it, it being filmed in Sydney as well, you kind of expect to tick off all of the the landmarks and stuff like that, and you know, it doesn't feel like oh, we've got to have a thirty second shot of the Sydney Harbour Bridge and that kind of yeah. thing to really establish that we're in Sydney. It 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 doesn't have that, which is great, and it, it yeah, well, we do, that. but we found we found the ugliest lo- location <laughs> of, of, of the opera house in the background. It was like, well, this looks really crappy so we'll do it here <laughs> and that was um yeah that was kind of the vibe we wanted and we and because you know we because we didn't have a lot of resources we didn't have a lot of time for um lighting setups and we didn't have a lot of light so so we really chose a, a way to shoot the film that was was very um organic and and didn't really follow standard coverage rules and we kind of just committed to it and and a lot of the time the actors were pretty free in the space and the camera chased them you know, yeah. you know, well, and it works. It gives it gives the performances a real energy, and it and it gives the the visual style a real energy as well. I think. I, I yeah, definitely think it does. And you know, it's visually it's fantastic to look at. It's really great. Um, look, I don't have much more to ask other than you know, you this has been out for well, essentially in Australia, it's been out for about a year now. In, yeah. in some regards, how has you you know have you reflected on the film since it came out and. And how how do you feel about it being out there and stuff like that? And what has the audience reactions been? Uh, obviously, you said that you've had uh, people contact you about the film, which is fantastic. But um, I'm curious about other audience reactions as well. well it's been interesting when we were, we we toured with um, the Travelling Film Festival with the film. We went to quite a lot of regional places with it, and it, it was great. I mean, we obviously ha- it has a strong reaction with with young younger audiences, um, you know, like older teens and young 20s people but then the other the other audience that really have responded to it is kind of like mums mums of teenagers we've had really great responses from from parents who who, who've got um young people of that age and and they've they've just gotten a lot out of it i think it it sort of gave them a bit of insight into the secret world of of (laughs) their young people you know which was which was lovely it was really great to great to hear and so that that's exciting that's good yeah and and I, and, I, and again, the, the the biggest kick for me is when I get you know an email from 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 some young person in in regional Australia who's who's well, not just Australia, it's all you know we get them from Mexico or South America as well, and it's great. It's so exciting to to know that you know your work is speaking to somebody. 
Oh, it's fantastic. It, it, and it's great to hear that that's happening as well. Um, it, it means a lot to uh, filmmakers, of course, as you're saying, that, you know, to hear that kind of stuff. So uh, for anybody listening out there, um, you know, if you do, uh, regardless of whether it's Teenage Kicks or not, you know, do certainly get in contact with the filmmakers to say, if a film works for you, get in touch with them. It means a lot. Um, yeah, it does. And it's exciting because you can do that now. You can just jump on Twitter or jump on um, Facebook and send people a message. And, and it's nice to get those. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, so in that regard as well, I'm sure you've talked a lot about this film throughout, you know, uh, across the last year or so. Has there been anything that you wish that people had asked you or touched upon uh, in discussions? Because um, I'm sure that you get a, a lot of, uh, you know, the same questions in some regard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people always want to talk about the sex scenes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think, I think, the, um, the the big takeaway that a lot of people get is is um, is being reminded of being that age if they're, if they're older, being taken back to that age and, and remembering what it's like to have that you know what that one friend who's who is is kind of your your closest friend ever, but also a bit of a messed up relationship. And, and I, I love hearing those stories. It's funny how many times I screen the film and someone comes up afterwards afterwards and then starts telling me about this you know, friend that they had in high school that they'd completely forgotten about and then they'd just suddenly been reminded of from watching from watching this film. So that's kind of that's kind of great. We enjoy that. Yeah. I mean on on a personal level for me, I had a really close friend who I grew up with in high school and uh outside of house high school as well. And certainly um you know that that end shot as well, slight spoiler alert for people, but the end shot of them uh sort of going on their separate ways as friends. Um really hit a chord for me because uh you know the guy that i grew up with and was great friends with and still am in some regard but i haven't spoken to him for uh, for quite a while he's moved across to uh london and and lives across there and you know i think that's the the thing is that when you as you grow up and you progress these people kind of just move out of your life in some ways and it's a natural thing it's not a you know a fight or anything like that it's just a natural progression of people diverging, um, which I thought was really powerful and, and I appreciated you having that in there as well. Um, yeah, thanks. Meant a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so the question that I've got then that uh, I ask everybody that comes on, is there an Australian film that you recommend people seek out that that's possibly had an influence on your work or you just think is really great and more people should watch? Uh, I think I just I just rewatched 52 Tuesdays, actually, um, oh, yeah. Sophie, Hyde, Sophie Hyde's film with... Um, uh, it's you know about a it's kind of a coming of age story about a, a a young young woman who is in her teenage years and and she's coming to terms with her identity while her mum is is undergoing um, a, a gender reassignment. So it, it's a really it's a really fantastic story. I was really happy to watch it again. Really really forgot how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a great film, and I wish that more people would seek it out as well. It's got a really great um dvd release as well i think it's got some pretty good special features on there from memory um oh, i haven't i haven't checked that out it's, yeah it's good and yeah. and starring um tilda tilda cobham harvey she's like she's amazing she's such a great young actor yeah uh i i really enjoy that film i think it's a great film and yeah and it's a great entry into um you know the lgbtiq uh cinema of australia as well even though yeah filmed mostly overseas possibly i can't recall but i do agree with that choice uh it's a great film um Yay. so look that's about it I, I don't have anything more to ask other than you know uh 
pushing people to go and watch your film. You know, it's available, as I mentioned, on Umbrella Entertainment now. Um, it's available to buy on DVD, and they have a streaming service as well. Where you can yes, I think it's um, I think it's on iTunes as well. Actually, I think it I think it is even on SBS on demand at the moment. Oh wow! Actually. Okay, cool. but it, but it, although it is a slightly it's a slightly edited for television version, <laughs> we, we could say censored, but we'll say edited. So you know, you're much better off buying it on iTunes <laughs> or buying or buying the DVD. Exactly, exactly. I I can't I can't push it enough. Um, so look, Craig, I really appreciate your your time. I, I think it's fantastic, and I hope that um. You know, it goes well over in London as well. You're flying across to go uh, for... Yeah. The yep. Yeah, heading over um, next month. I'm excited about it. Awesome. Well, I hope it all goes well, and I'm, I'm certain the audiences over there will enjoy it and appreciate it, and hopefully you win a prize or something like that. Uh, <laughs> <you> deserve it. <laughs> Thanks so much. So that was director Craig Borum discussing his film... Teenage Kicks, which, as mentioned, is available to purchase and stream on umbrellaentertainment.com.au. I'll stick a link in the show notes. Uh, certainly one of the the more enjoyable interviews that I've done. Uh, you know, I've enjoyed doing all of the interviews, but uh, sometimes there are people that you just talk to and you learn something and about their films and, and what goes into making their films that, that is really uh, interesting and fascinating and certainly uh shines a light on a an aspect of Australian film that, you know, I think that we should really uh, focus on a lot more. And certainly given the subject matter of this film, Teenage Kicks, uh, which discusses LGBTIQ uh, topics, and given the, the current climate that's going on in Australia at the moment... Um, Unfortunately, if you're not from Australia and you don't, you're not aware of this, uh, we are currently having a postal vote to decide uh, on marriage equality and whether we should actually have it or not. Uh, unfortunately, it's running over about mm, six weeks, and there's a lot of toxicity and negative things going out there, uh, a lot of homophobia and hate, uh, which is not great. So certainly, um, you know. If you if you have LGBTIQ friends or family, you know help them, stick up for them, talk to them. This is really difficult time for for people in Australia, and you know we can only just support them. And how we can support them is when you receive your postal ballot, vote yes. Anyway. That's enough from me. Uh, you can follow us on social media, AB Film Review, on both uh, Facebook and on Twitter. Head over to followingfilms.com where you can listen to other shows just like this one. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash AB Film Review. And also you can head over to the website, abfilmreview.com, to listen to other episodes of this show as well as the main show, AB Film Review. Really, the main thing is to keep on watching Australian cinema. I'm Andrew Pierce. This has been The Last New Wave.